This is the Tan Talk Radio Network. Hey, this is Ted Nugent. Hi, this is Jay Leno. Hi, everybody. This is David Hobbs. Hi, this is Bob Varshaw. Hi, I'm Barry McGuire. Hey, this is Danny the Count Coker. Hey, this is comedian, author, and most importantly, vintage race car driver Adam Carolla. Hi, this is Shirley Cha-Cha Muldowney. Hi, this is Robert Yates. Hey, this is Lou Santiago. I'm John Forrest. Hey, this is Jack Roush. Hello, Florida. I'm Ken Squire. Hi, this is Edsel Ford. Hi, I'm Corky Coker. Hey, this is Dennis Gage. Hi, this is Sam Amolo. Hi, this is Janet Guthrie. Hi, I'm Bruce Cohn. Hi, I'm Bob Lutz. Hi, this is Dave McClellan. Hey, this is Tammy Edelbrock. Hi, this is Norm Gravowski. Hey, I'm Dave Despain. Hey, this is Wayne Carini. This is Bill Warner. Hey, I'm Steve Bignanti. This is Kevin Bird. This is Arlen Ness. This is Ed Justice Jr. Hi, I'm Casey Jones. Hi, I'm Paul Kelly. I'm Richard Hutchins. Hi, this is Danny Sullivan. Hi, I'm Bob Bondron. Hey, everybody, it's Tim Strange. This is Daryl Starbird. Hi, this is Fort Hickok. Hi, this is Ed Skinnerian here. This is Robin Miller. Hey, sports fans, this is Peter Brock here. And you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. This is Robert from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer wine, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey, listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends, Corey, Jed, and Kirk, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you.
from Wind Tunnel on Speed. You're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Hello out there. Peabody and Sherman here. Set the Wayback Machine. We enter the Wayback and we're immediately hurtled back through time and space. Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google, Tantalk1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget, if you missed any of our past shows, you can go to our website, GulfstreamMotorsports.com, and you can go to our podcast page, and you can see all our past 220-plus shows. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Gulfstream Motorsports, and Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Uh, you can also check out our stuffs page. We've got a few... Well, we got a bunch of decals left because we just got a new batch in, but we have a few T-shirts left. We're still waiting. We're still working with the artwork. We had some issues with it, and we're going to have some new T-shirts out for our fans. How you doing tonight, Chris? I'm good. We'll have to get those T-shirts up on the uh, the webcast. We'll have to wear them in studio. We'll have to wear them. So now, if you notice, I'm wearing a bright green. I was going to comment on that. Bright. I was like, man, you look like a crossing guard. <laughs> yeah, you're a crossing guard. I'm going to have you sit in front of me on the ride home. I'll be fine. <laughs> yes, I am wearing a Miss Geico. Miss Geico. Oh, I'm wearing Miss Geico. Don't. Uh, don't. <laughs> no, don't go there. No, it's a family show. Don't go I'm there, wearing, girlfriend. I'm, wear, I'm wearing a Miss, <laughs> Miss Geico uh, race boat shirt that I got from our good friend friends over there, Scotty Begovich and Scott and Mark Granite. And That's a dry Goodell. fit, isn't it? Pardon me? Is that a dry fit? Dry fit? No, no, no. It's a regular t-shirt. Oh, it looks like a dry fit. It's really nice. Is that one of those shirts that's kind of like those real slick looking things? Yeah, like you runners wear them. It, like, oh, okay. It, it basically 
prevents you from getting all sweaty underneath when, yeah. you're, when you're running or okay, you know, yeah, working I'm, out, whatever? I don't particularly care for those that much. I don't like the but way you don't they work wo- out a lot? No. Come Me? on, you look like it. No, no, no. You hitting no. the gym? You hitting the stacks? <laughs> yeah, I should. What are you lifting these days? <laughs> two. <laughs> <laughs> Not two hundo. No, 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 no. Not two bills. Yeah, I used to work out with two and a quarter, but <laughs> now I'm I can do twenty five maybe. All right. But anyway, uh, so uh, you know what? Just for giggles, I'll tell you what. While I was hanging out with my good friends at uh, the Geico Speedboat, if uh, anybody wants to call in, let's make it the tenth caller. The tenth caller that calls in the studio tonight, seven two seven four four one three thousand. That's seven two seven four four one three thousand. I actually have an extra Miss Geico t-shirt it's chartreuse green that's what they call it okay and i have a large and or a extra large i was doing two sides so if anybody wants to call in give us a call here at the studio 10th caller 10th caller now 727-441-3000 we will and you leave us your name information we will send you out a uh, miss geico t-shirt how about that this is the time of year when we get a lot of car shows, so I get a lot of um, little promos and stuff like that that I like to give away on on the show. In fact, you know, anybody that calls in within the there's the phones ringing already. I can see it. Um, <laughs> it's probably Radio Rob. Uh, he hasn't called in a while. We need to say hi to him. See if it's Rob. He called last week. Did he call? Really? Oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, that's second, third, fourth. Phones are busy. Anyway. Um, so the deal is that the Clearwater Superboat National Party Boat Races <laughs> were last week. Did I say it right? Superboat Party Boat Races? Well, anyway, Clearwater Superboat uh, International puts on, which is the racing organization, Superboat International, SBI, put on a spectacular event this past week. As a matter of fact, it was really, really exciting because normally it's a simple race. But uh, later in the show, we're going to have a guest on who's going to talk a little bit about the race. And uh, there was a very, very good turnout, a good selection of boats. In fact, the field for the Superboat class, which that's basically the 38, 40-foot Cats, the 750-horsepower Big Block Chevrolets, and they're built by a number of people. But basically, it's kind of like the spec racing class, I guess you could say, because the boats are all very similarly prepared. There's little things that you can do with the engines. There's little things that you can do with the gearing. There's little things you can play with with propellers and stuff like that but for the most part you cannot alter the engines they're basically stock delivered engines so the only thing you can do is take them apart balance and blueprint them and like i said play with gearing and play with props and a lot of that has to do with weather conditions water and so on but we had absolutely crystal clear perfect water you should have came down there because there was a lot of uh i had an extra vip pass wasn't it raining it rained in the evenings in fact, Friday night when they had Blast Friday, they actually started the parade a little bit early. Normally, the parade starts like around 5.30. Yeah. Well, at 5 o'clock, I'm trapped in traffic because oh, yeah. I can see the clouds. So I can't even get to it. But as I'm getting closer and closer to downtown Cleveland Street, I see the boats going around the corner already, making a turn. Well, I normally hang out on one of the boats. Could be the Lucas boat. Could be the Geico boat. Could be Tilted Kilt. And I'll stand up there and I'll pitch beads with the rest of the guys. And uh, so by the time I got there, the parade was just about over. There's only like 10 trucks and trailers and boats coming through yet. So, But still, that was a good deal, too, because it worked out because I got shots of the boats coming on, around the parade. You know, on the, Normally, I'm on the boat. This time, I was just kind of like walking the field. And uh, the crowd was weak, too. And the only reason I think the crowd was weak was because of the, the, the rain. Weather. The weather, yeah. I mean, yeah. it was unfortunate. And then, of course, downtown, they had the band shell all set up. So I think part of it got rained out. Then they had the the banquet party down on the uh, pier, down by the marina. 
that was okay because we were all under a tent. I think it was packed. I mean, there was a ton of people in there. Food was great. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to Frank Chavez because he's one of the big promoters for the Clearwater Superboat races here. And it's actually the national championship. There's a national championship, which is all the boats that race in the country. And then there's a world championship that will take place in Key West in two, three weeks or next month, November, November. Okay. And, uh, but it's getting, it's getting very, very crowded. The world championships are boats from all around the world. The national championships are generally boats here locally. Although Qatar, uh, the Sheikh from Qatar brought his big bad boats over here, had a beautiful, beautiful, stunning, uh, 1938, uh, 1938, 38-foot Top Gun uh, chase boat, gorgeous boat. Typically, Geico is the only one that has a 38 Top Gun that's out there. And uh, usually on Saturday mornings, they have media passes so or media rides. So if you're on the media instead, you get to go out and ride. And Gary Goodell's the pilot on that. And Gary Goodell, Goodell, I think I pronounced it right, is one of the big promoters. But you know, typically every year, we always have like a guest celebrity that shows up. This year, of all people, it was uh, Paul Sr. from OCC. And I didn't know he was here. I was walking down the street, and all of a sudden, this lady comes wheeling up the uh, Cleveland Street in a chopper, and really good-looking bike. And right behind her, at the last minute, I recognized it was Paul Sr. I had no idea he was going to be here. And uh, I'm scrambling to get my camera out and get my my lens cover off, and I he just goes right by me, and I happen to pan this shot, and I got a great shot, which I'll put up on my Facebook page here later, of Paul Senior just going right by me. I mean, he's only three feet away from me, and I got him going down, riding one of his big OCC choppers, so that was pretty cool. You know, I wonder about you sometimes. What? I feel like you planned this. <laughs> I planned this? Why? What happened? <laughs> no, no sooner did you say, I bet Radio Rob is going to win. And he did. <laughs> okay, well, Radio Rob, you win the shirt. Is he on the air? No, he's, he hung he's up? gone now. <laughs> you know, somehow he knows how to time this because he always gets like around a ninth or tenth caller. You know, you'll get like four, five, or six callers and stuff well, and like I that. Well, teased, and I teased it at caller five, and it was him. At five? Yeah. And so oh. I was like, I, I, you know, I, I tease it because normally I, I would just say, caller four, try again, caller five, try yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. But at five, I was like, you know, 10 talk radio. <laughs> you know, That's I kind of okay. tease him. And he was like, am I the right caller? And I was like, no, you're caller five. And I could tell by his voice it was him. <laughs> and I was like, no, you're caller five, try again. And then he calls back and it's just like, I, I, I just, I don't know. You know what? Know. He's got three phones there. I'm convinced he's got three <laughs> phones and he's got them on speed dial. He's got more phone lines than we do. Probably, probably. <laughs> All right, congratulations, Radio Rob. Anyway, where was I? Okay, so we were talking about the boat races. You know, I got to tell you, the, the, the race this year was the first time, we'll be talking about this a little bit later, was the first time that we've actually had some really, really side-by-side close-call action because they what one of the things they did this year because they had such a big turnout is is they actually split the race schedule up a little bit. Typically, the race is like at 11 and 1 o'clock, okay? This time, they had it at 12, 1 o'clock, and, th- and 2 o'clock. And what they did is they decided to go ahead and break up the groups a little bit because the Superboat class had a huge, a huge uh, turnout of boats, okay? So the boats that I typically like to watch, are, which would be like to say, like the Superboat Unlimited, which is where Miss Geico races, okay? And then uh, we had uh, Scotty Begovich on last week, and then uh, um, Nigel Hook with the Lucas Oil Silverhook boat. And the boat that won that class, a Superboat Unlimited class, was Geico. And the boat that came in second was Silverhook. 
Although Silverhook won the national championship in its class because it attended more events and had more points. So keep that in mind when you're watching these races. And it's not just boat races, car races, or plane races, or anything like that. It's just, you know, the, the, it's a lot of it's based on a point system. Mm, I'm not so sure that that's the right way to do it, but I guess that seems to work and people seem to be happy with it. But the uh, Superboat class was basically the boats that showed up here was, uh, I think, Marine Concepts, Miss Geico, Spirit of Guitar, and the Lucas silver hook boat they were in that particular class turbine class nobody raced uh spirit of guitar brought their boat over here mary mac was supposed to show up but a week ago they did some testing on it and had some vibrations so it didn't show up so there was nothing in turbine class Superboat extreme um was the hooters boat twisted metal which i think took first place um and i think i can't remember the, the other boat but we'll get that the Superboat class okay which was the big class it had auto nation it had cleveland construction it had broadco WMD, which is Billy Muff, did not show up because he's getting ready for the finals of the World Championship, which he's evidently working on a new boat. They had our friends over there, Team Steel and Spirit of Guitar, Warpaint was in this event. But at any rate, the action was absolutely amazing. Now, what happened was, is in the second lap, Steel and Spirit of Guitar were neck and neck, and the Steel boat was on the outside, left a nice wide lane for Qatar, but Qatar came in a little hot and rolled the boat. Now, it was funny because we were out on the pier, like, and they and normally we have like a media section, and uh, what happened was is they had so many VIP people here that the media section was like a tiny little corner of the pier. So we really couldn't set up, and we were like on top of each other. So as the boats are going by, we're all zinging, you know, we're kind of panning to the left, for example, because we're on the north end of the pier, and we ended up taking pictures of each other practically. You know, the only guy that had a good shot was the was the uh, Bright House guy because he was doing uh, still and um, video. But the south end of the pier was open to everybody, so it was totally packed down there. So you couldn't get down there and t- get any good shots. But that's where you could see the action. That's where the boats kind of basically crashed. So the guitar boat actually rolled over twice and, and righted itself. And what was interesting is I thought for sure that, you know, they would do like motorboat racing. They put out a caution flag and they'd slow the race down, and but they didn't. They basically had caution flags out and they just were still running 100 plus miles an hour. So just to give you an idea, in a straightaway, they're running 140, maybe 150 miles an hour. In the turns, through the turns, they're going 100, 104, 105, 110. So the guitar boat, like I said, was probably about 15 miles an hour too fast in the turn, hooked and flipped. Okay? How long was it? How like how long was it upside down, or was it? Rolling? Oh no, it, it rolled over twice and then landed on its pontoons. Within, ma- within a matter of seconds. Seconds within a matter of seconds, and immediately and it just kept going. No, it stopped. It stalled at that point in time. And so there's boats coming around it at 130, 140 miles uh, an hour. The boats in the straightaway were doing 130, 140, 150, or whatever they're doing. But in this right turn, by, right by this boat. Yeah, which I thought was kind of odd, you know. And then what happened was, is as the boats go by, all the safety boats and the safety crew and the helicopters and everything like that, they were all there. They threw flares out and everything like that. They got the boat out of there pretty quick. So the race just kept right on. Now, keep in mind, the course is four miles long. So as these boats are coming down and they round off, and, and there's a big gap. There's a big spread between these boats. There's probably a quarter of a mile between the boats, maybe a mile in some cases, you know, because some of the boats just, they catch the right water, catch the right air, and they're flying, you know. So, you know, off the line, they're all the same. But that's kind of where where their talent shows is because the throttle man and the, and the driver, when they go in this turn, that will make or break you, you know, because you got to slow up and you know get through that turn there's a lot of action right there there's a lot of wakes and sometimes they'll slow down as low as slow as 90 miles an hour that's mind-boggling when you think about it slow down to 90 miles an hour 
And uh, so, at any rate, uh, and then in the, uh, I think it was one of the Superboat uh, stock class, it's either Superboat stock or one of the production classes, we had, uh, might have been uh, production three, I think Second Amendment, which is uh, uh, one of Jay Polini's boats, I believe, formerly, and the Black Pearl, they tangled in a turn, too. And what happens is, you know, keep in mind, there's a lot of wave action, and the boats are going up and down, everything like that. And if you get real close, door handle to door handle, suddenly next to you, your bow's over the stern of the other boat, and whammo, you know, and those two con- those two connected. But uh, anyway, hey, we got something on the turntable? Since We've we're all about always, boats. always got something. Actually, you know what? What? I got a treat for you. You got a treat for me. I do. You and this brings me back to my childhood. And it'll bring you back to your prime. My prime? Yeah. It'll bring my me prime? back to my childhood and you back to your prime. How's my that? My prime was when I was in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's not bad. I mean, I think this is late 70s. Is it? All right. Maybe early let's, 80s. Let's spin it. Oh, yes. The theme song to Miami Vice. Look at you rocking it. Yeah. All right. Name, I can name that tune in yeah. three notes. <laughs> three notes. <laughs> hey, stick around. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We'll be right back. We're listening to the theme song to one of the coolest TV shows back in the 80s, Miami Vice, all about speedboats. Or a little speedboat action, anyway. Don't go away. We'll be right back. from Nostalgic Video and Cars, here to tell you about Bellador's Pizza and Pasta, where the food is fresh, the sauce homemade, and the price is fantastic. They offer Chicago-style stuffed crust pizza, New York-style pizza, calzones, strombolis, pasta entrees, beer one, and great desserts. They even make the bread fresh daily. Hey, they offer catering, and any order over 10 bucks, free delivery. So give them a call at 727-581-5000. Place your order now. They're located at 131 Clearwater Lager Road near downtown Largo, or visit their website, belladorspizza.com. Hey listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friends Corey, Jed, and Kirk at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 600 West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. Love and barbecue ribs and 
the History Channel's new series, God, Guns, and Automobiles. Hey, tune into Nostalgic Radio and Cars. These guys rock. That's right. We rock. Just like the theme song of Miami Vice. You know, that was a cool song back in the day. In fact, that was just a cool time. That boat they used in that TV show, I believe, was a 38-foot scarab. And uh, Wellcraft scarab, which actually was built um, in Sarasota, right here in our backyard. But anyway... I, I actually dressed up as Don Johnson one year for Halloween. You dressed up as Don Johnson? I did. They didn't have... That was Pat... Let's see. Wait a minute. They didn't have... Uh, Leisure suits back in those days. What did he wear? No, that was like some Miami Vice loose kind of like uh, casual, real. It was more or less just a lot of my. I think I had like a white linen. That's what it was. Jacket with a white linen pants and like a bright pink button down shirt with my, you know, my lack of chest hair exposed. (laughs) (laughs) And then what'd you have for shoes? Those really lightweight leather. Yeah, I think I had like like a pair of moccasin looking kind of things. Yeah. (laughs) Where was your Ferrari parked? I, I yeah it was uh, it was uh, uh, it was I left it um, yeah <laughs> the Testarossa okay <laughs> gotcha anyway let's see what do we got for upcoming events upcoming events visit our calendar at Gulfstream Motorsports our website but anyway one of the things that's coming up here is uh, next week is Hershey the big Hershey swap meet auction that's October eighth through the twelfth October seventeenth through the nineteenth over in uh, Lakeland is the Lake Mirror Classic concourse and there's a big car show downtown plus there's entertainment plus a lot a celebrity show up for that particular event too well-known race car uh car designers builders i mean got like wayne cherry for example former president of uh design for general motors he was there in fact he's responsible for some really cool cadillacs some hot rod cadillacs we got today and some other cool cars out of the 60s i think like the el dorado and a few cars like that some amazing designs he's there i think the guest of honor is going to be i'm not sure uh could be well i know sterling moss is going to be in amelia island but i think it's it uh, the, the, you know i'm going to keep it a surprise because i'm not 100 percent sure uh also november 1st we got the born to ride concert in downtown Pinellas Park, and I'm sure you'll like to see that, won't you? Born to Ride. I think Danny Coker from uh, uh, from uh, da, 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 Counting Cars will be there. The guys from, uh, what's that TV show? Sons of Anarchy, they will be there. Molly Hatchet was one of the bands that's going to be there. And Foghat's going to be back, and some other ones. So go visit the website, Born to Ride, and you get all the information. I think we got our guest on, so what we're going to do is we're going to go right to this little tune, and then we're going to go to a little clip, and then we're going to introduce our guest, and we're going to talk more about superboat racing. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't go away. We will be right back. We'll be right back. 
have just finished my film in harm's way. It tells of a handful of men and women right after the attack on Pearl Harbor. They were outnumbered. Their ships had no radar. Their guns were rusty. But they had guts, the will to survive, to win. In harm's way, stars John Wayne, Burgess Meredith, and Henry Fonda. Well, we gave him the molasses. Now let's feed him the sulfur. Admiral, know what that is? Yes. Shape of those islands. Scavabutu, Lebovana, Tokorota, and that's Paula Passage. It's Skyhook. Paula tells me you guessed the strategy a couple months ago. Wild guess, sir. Wild, but accurate. Well, what's your opinion of it? In theory, good. In fact? Well, a delay has cost you the element of surprise. How far has Roderick advanced on Gavabutu? He's got himself plotted up behind these mountains. He hasn't advanced an inch in four weeks. Well, we better break the bottle and take that whole island or you can forget Skyhook. He's got to launch an attack on Leibovana before the chaps there are ready for it. Tori, you just named your own poison. You're going to mop up Gavubutu and mount the invasion of Levuvana. Well, how about Admiral Broderick, sir? Some smart man once said that on the most exalted throne in the world, we are seated on nothing but our own arse. Well, the brother's concerned, I'm on mine, because I, I can't fire him. I can't scramble his whole command overnight. He's a bad effect in our allies and aid and comfort the enemy. All I can do is put you in tactical command of the operation. Abe Lincoln once found himself in the same predicament with General George B. McClellan. McClellan was a great little organizer, but he couldn't make up his mind when to fight. And indecision is a virus that can run through an army and destroy his will to win, or even to survive. Lincoln called in a hard-headed Yankee named Grant. Grant didn't give a damn about organization, but neither was he afflicted with a virus. He just pointed his battalions in the right direction and shoved off. Tory, you're going to be my Grant. And however you deal with Broderick is your own business. Just get the job done. Just how far can I go in dealing with Admiral Broderick, sir? Yeah, you can't kill him. Tory, uh, these were my stars for I uh, picked up this heavy hardware. I like to think they brought me luck. Well, my new collar, if there's any luck in them, you're going to need it. Thank you, sir. And you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Guard. Boy, you almost caught me off guard there, didn't you, Chris? <laughs> like bang, 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 bang. <laughs> well, that wasn't exactly the clip we wanted, but that's okay. That'll work because the idea was is that I put you in, be, did I put you in harm's way? You put me in harm's way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How appropriate. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Da, da, da. Anyway, it's time to <laughs> Okay. Anyway, it's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. The gentleman that I'm about to introduce has been involved with offshore powerboat racing for a very, very, very long time, and he is currently probably the most well-known guy in the Superboat race world. And I'm delighted to welcome to the show this evening, John Carbonell, president of Superboat International. John, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. You're here. Okay, John, how you doing? For music. You like the music, huh? Yeah. Good. Well, you like that. And you said, you tell me a little story about that. There was a, uh, a boat ride or something you were doing and uh, or filming, and they were using the uh, Staying Alive. That was kind of like a theme to uh, some little deal you were doing, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, tell us a little bit about, give us a little background on yourself, you know, how, how you got involved in powerboat racing, because you used to race back in the day, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
John, you're supposed to give me nice, long, detailed answers. Oh, okay. I'll give you a detailed answer. All right, there, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about like your what what got you interested in superboat racing or in powerboat racing to begin with. Well, when I was uh, growing up in Key West, uh, we used to run uh, the boats pretty fast in the backcountry and stuff, and uh, I just got hooked on it at that time and. Uh, I decided to, back in 1973 to build a boat and go uh, boat racing. And I had, uh, over my tenure of, uh, of racing, I've had probably about six boats. Different ones had built and raced for 10 years. So uh, in them days, we didn't have the, uh, the equipment and stuff that you have now. We went like from Key West to Tortugas and back, or from Key West to the Bahamas or to Miami. And we were pretty much on our own. We didn't have medical or we didn't have anything that, uh, if you didn't come back, they probably go looking for you the next day. <laughs> That's scary. So, uh, but going across, we used to run into 18-foot, uh, uh, water and uh, go up one hill and down the next and you could hear boats all around you but you couldn't see them so uh, that's uh, pretty much uh, of what my aspects of, of racing was to uh, and, I, and I've stayed in it and uh, I got out of it in 1907 uh, 1986 uh, and uh, started putting on races all over the country and in Key West and been working on it ever since and uh, my plan is not to retire keep on doing these races we just finished one in Clearwater this last weekend and uh, we're working on the schedule now for next year uh, we're gonna have a uh, TV show uh, steel company is going to put on uh, going to use the world championship race down in Key West uh, and uh, going to do a full length uh, movie on it I'm sorry a full length uh, TV show so that should uh, help us a lot back right. in back right. in the uh, okay um, back in the day when you first started boat racing what kind of, how big how big was the boat that you were racing and what kind of power did it have well, I ran a uh, thirty, uh, about a thirty-seven foot uh, boat, and it had three outboards on the back of it, and we got up to speeds about uh, ninety-two, ninety-three miles an hour. But that was in any type of water we could run that. So whether you had uh, five foot chop or whether you had one foot smooth water, pretty much, uh, you could run the same speeds. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't that much of a difference whether it was rough or calm. Okay. Calm made it a little bit harder to get the speeds up, but uh, the rough water was more advantageous to us. Really? Okay, and you were running deep V boats back in those days, right, pretty much? Right. Okay, what brand of boat was it that you raced? Was it a Magnum, a cigarette, a Donzi, or was it a homemade boat, or what was it? What haul? We started off with the Excalibur. Oh, Excalibur, really? Yeah, and uh, that probably spoiled me for racing because it was a 
easy boat to handle and uh, took the water real well. And then I went into a uh, Coyote, which is a very deep V boat. And uh, that boat, I had my hands full controlling it and keeping it from chime walking. And uh, But it did handle the rough water pretty good. The boats back in those days when you guys... Um Boat technology wasn't as advanced as it is today, so the materials were basically, you had heavy fiberglass. You didn't have composite materials like carbon fiber and Kevlar and stuff like we do today, correct? Right. Yes. Uh, the uh, We used mostly the foam uh, sandwiched uh, between the fiberglass, and uh, that way most of the boats, it was hard for them to sink because of the foam uh, on them and the um, the boats that they race today, because I notice a lot of guys are running skaters, basically cat, cats, okay? And in, in your day, they were racing pretty much deep Vs and then some real deep Vs. So <clears throat> over the years, uh, is it, I mean, in rough water, a, a cat can't hold, can't hold its own with a deep V, can it? Well, in them days, at first, it was hard. Uh, when they first came out with the cats, it was hard to uh, stay up with the Vs. But then the Vs uh, did their homework, and you'd go out to race against the cat. The cat would have the advantage in the calm water, and the Vs would have it in the rough. So say if you went in and out of Key West Harbor on the outside when you were going to uh, the outside uh, reef area, it would be pretty bad. And then when you come in close to the beach, then it would lay down some, and the cats, you'll see them go by you. What is a, What would be a strategy that you would use if you were competing? If you're in a deep V and you're competing against a cat and you've got rough water out, out outside, like you said, and then as you get closer inland, as you get closer to the shoreline, you've got smooth water. What, what's your strategy to beat them? Well, the strategy would be to, to take the shortest distance from where you're going to where you need to be and, uh, and stay in the rough water. But most of the times... Uh, as it went along and the, the cats got more popular and more popular, that uh, it's it's pretty hard to beat them with a V-bottom. Is it? Any water. Okay. Now, oh, this past weekend here in Clearwater, we had the Lucas Oil boat, the Silver Hook boat, and uh, that's got a pretty unique hull. And he's, he was fairly competitive, but I could see when he was out there racing in the second heat there, um, Miss Geico just kind of ran off and left him, although he really wasn't, didn't seem like he was pushing it, but the boat itself is fairly competitive for a deep V. So what's your thoughts on that boat? Because that's got a really unique design. He wasn't pushing it on, on uh, any other thing, but uh, he just didn't have the power. Okay. And the, the design of the boat is really for rough water. Uh-huh. Uh, a rudder on the back that sticks pretty far down, and unless you've got weather that's going to make that boat come out of the water, that rudder is going to really slow you down. Okay, I gotcha. When you uh, were racing, so when you first started racing, you were running triple outboards. Did you ever run uh, inboards, IOs? Yeah, that was my first boat. Had them. Uh, okay. The uh, I ran the uh, the outboards with the uh, the uh, deep V. Okay. When you uh, later in racing in the late eighties, were you still racing deep Vs, or did you ever get a chance to? Uh, Race, uh, race a cat. No, I, I changed from the deep V. I didn't have the... Uh, I was kind of tired of getting beaten. <laughs> so 
so I figured it was time to change. Okay. And uh, my first boat was a Chris Cat that we we got as a uh, cat. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I, after that, I had uh, two of them because they had made more uh, experiments and better type of a bottom for the boat, so it kept getting a little bit faster and faster. Okay. So, uh, but uh, the cat is was a lot better than the V-bottom because you're sitting down in the cat. And when I was racing the V-bottoms, it was standing up the whole time. Okay. That puts a good push on your body. Gotcha. Now, the cats that are the... when you Back then, when you were racing stand-up, was there two people in the boat or three people in, in the boat driving with you? And these uh, V-bottoms, it was uh, three of us. Okay. We needed a, a navigator and uh, throttle man and driver were the in order to because uh, our legs were very far apart we used to run a a 40 mile lap and come back which was very very boring for the spectators uh-huh but i mean uh when we went into the cats we brought them laps down uh uh quite a bit Okay, so given the fact that now racing is more spectator-oriented, that's one of the reasons why you keep the races closer to inland so everybody can see the race then, right? As opposed to going offshore and then racing in the no-man's land and then coming back, right? Right. Okay. Yeah, uh, we try to uh, now keep the courses so that the people, like in Key West now, we used to run from Key West to Tortugas and back, which is 90 miles and now we run probably three laps, which is about uh, about three mile laps, and uh, and we'll probably be running that in Key West, where you, if you're in the harbor, you can see the whole race, even as it goes out of the harbor and then comes back, which was very successful last year when we did it. Okay, in the and back in your day. Give us the names of some of the drivers that you competed with that are uh, still around and were, were uh, just as successful as you. Still around? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or maybe not. You know, I mean, either or. Yeah. Uh, well, we at my time, we were racing like uh, uh, Al Copeland. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of the names. That, uh, Al Copeland, uh, Howard Quam. We used to be Flapjack. Uh, are those uh, are those guys still around? No. No. Okay. Um, all right. Let's jump in. Think of bringing whoever else was with us, but uh, Don Johnson, of course, raced with us. Don Johnson raced. Oh, really? That's right. Oh, yeah. What? Somebody else said Chuck Norris used to race too. Did he ever race with you guys, or was he on the West Coast? No, he was with us racing Chuck Norris. Okay, and, that was a big uh, name. Any other celebrities that raced? Quite a few of them. Uh, okay. Spinner. Pardon me? Oh, Bruce Jenner? Yeah. Well, yeah, he raced cars as well, too. Okay. Yeah, I think so, okay. He was uh, one of the best navigators. He was always on the money. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Okay. Now, they don't use navigators anymore because the courses aren't that long, right? Exactly. Okay. He's in a boat. Now, when did they start bringing the... When did when did SBI, when did Superboat International come to fruition? Is that something you started back when you quit racing back in 1986, or like in the late 80s, early 90s? Yeah, 1990 is when uh, 
we actually went into business. Okay. We were racing with, uh, at that time, with OPET, which was a group of racers. And uh, I actually got fired. I was producing with them, and uh, so I started my own business with Superboat International. Okay. And Superboat International, does international have significance? Does that mean it's uh, you, you go out of the country as well and race, or is it is that, is that just a name? No, we went and raced in the Bahamas okay. uh, six years in a row. And then we went down to uh, Argentina uh, and raced there for four years. Okay. And we've been approached by China and a few other countries that, that want the race, but uh, at the conditions that are out there now, we declined. Okay. So maybe later on, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Danielle Scioli, who was the governor, he raced with us actually, and uh, he only has one arm, and he used to, to be able to uh, run the boats, and he raced mostly V-bottoms. But he got up there in 140 miles an hour with that one arm, and uh, it's pretty hard to do. I tried it myself to see what he was going through. And But he is the governor of uh, Buenos Aires, and he is now running for president of Argentina. Oh, okay. All right. What's it like racing uh, in, in the uh, South Americas compared to here? Well... There you race in brown water, not uh, not uh, the waters that we see here in Florida and around the country. Mm-hmm. Brown water. And, brown water meaning what? Uh, brown water means what? Uh, brown water. Yeah. Is that just dirty water? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I you know we're you're right we're spoiled because in Florida we just got beautiful waters no question about that. Nice blue water. Yeah, and uh, matter of fact, I had pr- the president of Argentina uh, was in the boat with us uh, one time. We raced down there, and uh, we had uh, about twelve foot seas there, and we were trying to get the president from Mile Pace boat after we got the race started into the big uh, destroyer that they had there, and uh, every time we go up alongside the boat the band started playing for the president to come up onto the big ship, but it got really bad to slap it up around it and stuff. So after about four attempts to get him on the boat, the last one that we did, we uh, got one of the Coast Guard that was protecting him out there, got their boat, which is uh, inflatable, and we were able to bounce off the other boat, the big boat, the and uh, we finally got him up on the ladder and stuff. And he wanted to give me back my life preserver and stuff. And I said, no, Mr. President, you better keep it. <laughs> I knew if, if we anything happened to him, then we'd be in big trouble. So, But we got him across, and he got on his ship, and the band kept on playing. And it worked out. That's good. Worked out. Let's talk a little bit about Clearwater. Um, you're. It sounds like you're a native of Key West. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, Clearwater. This race we had this past weekend. 
And uh, you did a spectacular job out there. I mean, I was really, really impressed. Now, tell us why you changed the format a little bit. Normally, you have two races, 11 and 1 o'clock. And this year, you did it 12, 1, and 3, or 12, 1, and 2. So tell us a little bit about that and why you shortened the courses a little bit. Well, uh, we've been looking at it in the last two years, three years, to try and make it uh, more friendly to the spectators. And the biggest complaint that we get is, What's happening? We don't understand who's winning, who's losing, or whatever, uh, because we usually pack two or three different classes in one start or uh, that type of stuff. So we've been working on a, uh, doing it so that one class can go out and race and then get through, and then the next class, full class, can go out and race. and. Uh, it's more conducive for the people to be able to understand what's going out there, going on out there, and that's the problem we've had for the last few years of not being able to uh, have the people be able to understand who's winning and 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 so forth. Well, I think Stan and uh, Clay did a real good job doing the play black play play-by-play up in the uh, in the hotel because the speakers were all over the beach and they were all and all by the pier so we got a pretty good understanding but I thought it was a good idea I think and just the feedback from the people that were standing there they thought the fact that there was a third heat people like that yeah well that's what we're trying to do is is try to satisfy the people and make the sport more popular but if you get the people understanding what's going on who's winning and who's losing but if we we draw uh, we took that extra class out there all as one boat type of one type of class mm-hmm. then you know who's first because you could see it right so standing in or talking about it and stuff but sometimes people lose it and the discussion of what Stan is doing mm-hmm. and, and make it as clear as we can of who's actually winning because a lot of times I'm out and people ask me who's won, winning the game, uh, the uh, race, and I really don't know because I'm not paying attention to how many laps the different boats t- took. But uh, it's just a, a new concept trying to make it better for the spectator. Okay, worked out real good, though. Now, tell us a little bit about what happened with uh, Spirit of Guitar in the uh, Superboat Unlimited class. He kind of... Uh no, I take it back. It was in the Superboat class. He went in side-by-side with uh, Steelboat, with uh, Robert's boat there, and then he flipped. So the boat flipped, what, twice, and then righted itself, and then you guys came there, shot the flares off. Now, what I didn't understand, being a car guy, is typically if there's a, if there's a crash, you got, in racing, we have a caution and everybody goes slow, but it didn't, you guys don't do that in boat racing, do you? No, we don't. Uh we uh the deal is that we tell them to uh once they see the smoke and a helicopter above they need to slow down and uh, proceed around the accident uh and uh trying to stop them and and restart them and everything else and offshore racing is is very hard to do okay we had a couple of other people that were gentlemen that try to create uh, their own circuit and uh, they try to marry it marry it under the car racing and uh, they ended up when the guys got all mixed up and didn't know which way to go and running into each other uh, 
But what happened to the Catawba was that when they went in the turn, uh, the boat on the outside had the control and came off a little bit, and the boat on the inside stayed hot. And uh, when it got there, they just did the rollover. But that's normal, and the medical people had them out of the water and everything clear and within 10 minutes, so... Okay, and then you pull the actual accident boat out of the off the race course like ASAP as soon as all the other boats are out of the way, correct? Yes, yes. Okay. Actually, now, uh, it was five minutes. Five minutes. So that's pretty quick. That's good time. That's good time. And uh, they each have to give us a, a plan of action, how they're coming out of the boat and stuff, so that our medical people know uh, what you know who's coming out of that boat first when they're over. And fortunately, he stayed up, so it's easier to get out of the boat than if it's upside down. Okay, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, because if they're upside down, you pull them out of the bottom of the boat, right? Because there's an escape hatch underneath, right? Yeah, most of the boats, some of the boats are still going the old style without the escape hatch. And uh, our divers are instructed to go down and uh, open up their canopy and and let them out. Uh, But it's better now, I'd say 90% percent of them have the option of going out either way now you as a superboat uh the president of the organization can you set guidelines on safety in terms of how the boats need to be equipped yes we have a manual on that the rules okay all right you can go on the website and and pull down the rule book and it'll tell you what all the rules are okay so if you wanted to, you could actually mandate that all the boats have an escape hatch outside of the regular hatches for safety purposes, right? Well, it's a matter of uh, opinion on that because boats are out there that are maybe four or five years old, mm-hmm. still uh, sound and can still race. And once you go and start cutting a hole in the bottom of it uh, from its original concept that it's... Uh, could be, you have to really look at it, and that's why all the boats that are being built now are built, being built by, that uh, will have the canopy, I mean the escape hatch under it. Okay. Some of the older ones don't have them. Okay. How many boat races a year does uh, Superboat International do? We, we do about 10 races a year. 10 races a year. Okay. So if people want to find out more about Superboat International, they can just go to your website, Superboat International, right? Okay. Well, John, we're just about out of time. I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes here. You will be at the World Championship race in November, right? November the 2nd. November the 2nd. Okay. So pretty much everybody that was there today or this past weekend in Clearwater is going to be there in uh, Key West, right? It's a pretty big event. Yeah, it's real exciting. We go into Key West Harbor, make the turn, and go back out. So uh, it's real visible, and like I said, a lot of action going on. Super. Well, if anybody can make it to Key West uh, the first weekend of November, check out the Superboat Races, Superboat International. John, I want to thank you very much for taking a few minutes and hanging out with us here at Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Look forward to seeing you back in Clearwater next year. I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Be sure and check out our show every Tuesday night at uh, 7 p.m. for the most legendary and fascinating names in motorsports, powerboat racing, music, rock and roll. Don't forget to check out our calendar event. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, All Street Motorsports, Nostalgic Radio and Cars. In the meantime, 
I want everybody to stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. And we will see you at some of the races and some of the car shows. Take care, everybody. Tampa Bay. WZHR, Zephyr Hills, Tampa Bay. Listen.